Today, we talked with Douglas Pratt about his work with Interlife Spiritual Journeys. To learn more or to contact Douglas, visit his website, douglaspratt.com. And to contact Spirit Road, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Lori Hewitt. And this this is Spirit Spirit Road. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. And you've come to talk about the interlife readings. I don't quite remember the title. Right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is a great opportunity and fun. The uh, phrase that you're wrestling with, which seems to be the truth of everyone, interlife spiritual journey. I like that. Interlife. You know, it's just, it's that space that we go to when we're not in a life. I mean, that's where we go. And it's also the space that spirit lives in and non-physical beings live in. And so it's a place that you can be taken to through just basically some guided imagery and moving into a, an altered state and then guided there. So that's where the interlife comes from. And of course, it's all about spiritual and spirituality and who we are and path purpose. That just is kind of intrinsic and kind of given. And then um, journey, I thought it was a better word to use because it sounded more professional than adventure. <laughs> there you go. And it's all about being professional, of course. <laughs> of course. But in, tru- in truth, it really is an adventure. That's part of why I love doing them so much. I've been, you know, I've done many of them. I never know where they're going to go. I never know how it's going to unfold. And that's just for me is it keeps me going. So have you actually, I know you guide them all the time. Have you actually been the one who had one done, like traveled into that inner life? Well, yes. I'm to a place now where I can travel to the inner life without doing an induction. I just, I mean, that's how long it's, I've been doing this. Needless to say, um, this, just so you know, this is based on the work of Michael Newton, who wrote uh, several books, one of Destiny of Souls. Mm -hmm. That is the book that got me into um, this particular venue. And it was the training I took. And that's what became a stepping off point for interlife spiritual journey. There is a history there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was going to ask if I guess that's probably the answer, but was curious how how you transitioned into this this type of practice. If you had had an experience yourself that led you to have an interest, I, the answer is yes. I'd already had my I had my degree. I was working as a school social worker, and I managed to uh, have my vehicle roll seven and a half times down a mountainside, which is an interesting experience in and of itself. But the more important point is two things. One is 
rolling down the mountain, I experienced my grandmother being very there. And number two is I walked away without almost any injury. And that got my attention. That was 40 years ago. So I just began to pursue things from that point on. And um, for, for a very, very long time, I had my professional path and I had my own personal spiritual path. My professional path had nothing to do with the spiritual path as far as I was concerned, because I didn't want to get into it being perceived as not professional and all my, I mean, that's my projection in part and my own anxiety about that. And the irony of that, that extended through in, until the last under five years, um, I had two business cards, one for traditional psychotherapy and a business card for non-traditional interventions such as inner life spiritual journey or past lives therapy. I've always, so I've had that thread for a very long time. And of course, as I've begun to bring them together, it's taken off for me. Um, it has a different meaning. And, and that's why now I'm now able to connect uh, through, I can move into that other dimension now where obviously that was at one point, I didn't even know I could do anything, let alone even go to a past life. Do you find that when you're working with your clients then that you're kind of walking them through or taking them into their trance state and then connecting them with their guides or angels or whoever, are you at the same time working with your own guidance? Are you getting messages for them or being directed, if you will, or helped, supported in helping them to make contact with spirit? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I would say for me, it's definitely in process. Mm -hmm. I'm pr my primary connection with spirit is intuitive. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for me not to track it because I don't hear it. I don't see it. I might feel it, but I won't track it that way. Um, I'll have thoughts and I won't realize that the thoughts have been derived because of my intuition. So in terms of these clients, I get some things about, you know, yes, move forward, no, wait, you know, that kind of thing. I get kind of specific, but in terms of the actual course of it, I think it's coming through my intuition and I'm not tracking that it's spirit guided. Okay. But you're following that intuition, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. That's part of what's been so delightful about these sessions now, because I can use my intuition more and more. And it's definitely not cookbook. It's not, this is the way to do this session. It is this way to get them to their personal sacred space. That's pretty rote. But once we land, I pull back. I invite guides and angels to come forward. And if we can establish connection see what kind, of connect, what kind of direction and guidance they would like to provide for my client. And I have them do that directly with them while, of course, I'm tracking it and getting my own information about it as well. I really support their connection because one of my biggest agendas is for them to walk away with the capacity to interact with their guides on their own. What kind of um, experiences, are there commonalities in the experiences that people have when they're in an inner life space? Well, basically, you know, the guides are going to, assuming they can connect with their guides without a difficulty. And sometimes we have to start there. Sometimes that's the first step. We have to deal with blocks and, and or fears that are getting in the way of even connecting with guides. So that can happen. But presuming that's not the case, 
then they step forward and they they give information, you know, they give information and contextual that fits the person's where they are in their life in this moment. I mean, an example would be is you're much stronger than you think you are. Because a lot of us don't, you know, we, we, we're just sure that we're going to get run over any moment now and can't handle it. And, and so that's not an uncommon message to be given, to, just even to start with, is to begin to shift their perception of themselves and their own confidence. And so they'll be giving messages about that. They may pull a relevant event in their life, just, and usually it's to give them as an example and I, of course, I can't pull out a specific one because um, I'm more process oriented than content oriented. But they will um, they'll pull something that's happening in their life to say, this would work better if you did and did this, and this would be why it would be better. How this how does this fit with you and your growth and who you're working to become? They're always integrating it in spiritually. You asked about what uh, commonalities. I would say a certain percentage get taken literally by the hand to a past life. And sometimes they don't take them by the hand. They just take them to them. And suddenly they're telling me, um, I see these horses and carts going by. And uh, I go, what kind of clothes are they wearing? Well, they have swords. And, you know, anyway, <laughs> you go, oh, <laughs> probably not today. <laughs> And I'll just, you know, I, I will just pick it up from there, from my past life training and, and, and fill that out. And, and then, of course, we will go through pieces of that life. And usually the, not always, sometimes the pieces themselves are the most primary part, important parts. Um, but many times it's the end of the life that's the most important and how it ended. Because when we leave a life, we make decisions about the life which are maybe for our advantage or not for our advantage. Like, I'm never going to do that ever again, or I'm never going to let them do that again. I mean, you, we make these kind of decisions, and we pull them through with us into the non-physical. So they sometimes want to bring us back to those decisions to see that they are pulling them through and they're not functional, they're not useful. So when you say that decisions are being made about that particular life, is the soul making that decision or is it the human being who's actively dying, making that decision from a mind ego place? Mind ego personality. Okay. So the yeah. soul doesn't necessarily take that with them or does it? You know, your question is a good question. I don't have the answer. I know that somehow there's an imprint from it because they <laughs> do bring it through. And if it isn't resolved, they will then take that theme and bring it through and following lives i'm not sure where it rests i know that when i do past life work we go back to the life and rework that aspect of that person and we rework we help them rework that aspect and sort out the events or that life so that they can release it they can free themselves and others in doing so now sometimes what we do is we go to their, their council, their council of elders. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a council. We all have them. Mm -hmm. And it's where we go as a soul to decide on where, what we're going to do and what we're going to work on for our next life. It's also a place we go to review a life. So when I've got a, a, an aspect of somebody from a past life who's really pretty distressed about it usually, something, 
or some buddies, a lot of times some buddies, we will then go to that, that soul council with their guide. I have their guide go with them so they don't feel alone. And then we just ask the council, what, why did this happen? What was the purpose in having this, this difficult situation occur? And they always, because they, the, they, they know what was planned and what the intention was. And they, and they may say, this was an unfortunate event. It was a, it's just how, it, how you decided this. Or they may say, this is, was a manifestation, manifestation of this is what you were to learn. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were to learn being out of control and not being able to protect yourself. You had been in other lives where you had, been, you had done that, and this was a time for you to experience that. So when someone's experiencing a particular life, past life like that, and they can get that piece of information, does it then help them to shift behavior in this life, in this incarnation, give them more insight or the ability to release patterns that maybe they've had that relate to this past life? Yes, absolutely. In fact, that that's in the, to me in the end is what the purpose is. The purpose is there's somehow it's it's bleeding through or coming through mm-hmm. in the current life, and so suddenly, if you can get that aspect to get things straightened out and realize, oh, that was what happened was intentional. It was an agreement between me and this other soul or these mm-hmm. other souls, and that we all did what we were supposed to do is incredibly powerful because suddenly that aspect who has been all stirred up about certain things is no longer stirred up. And that comes back to the current life because suddenly that person isn't stirred up about walking down dark streets, um, making that up. But I mean, there's, you know, suddenly, I mean, not that you don't use discernment when you walk down a dark street, but you don't need to be paralyzed with fear. And then maybe that's where that's coming from. And you sort that out and suddenly it's gone. It's removed because the aspect has cleared it. And we, usually we take the time to have that aspect. Um, I do. I bring in the primary players from the life because I want them, because I know that they're going to decide they've done terrible things and they need to be punished in perpetuity. And so it's always very important after they understand it was an agreement to bring in those who have the agreement because they'll show up, and I can tell you what'll happen. They'll say, "Oh, we knew it was an agreement. We're okay. We're fine. We're, we were. We've been waiting for you, because you have been so punitive with yourself. You've not let anybody near you, and so there's a, a total reconnection and reconciliation. It's very powerful. And that's the the past life personality that you're addressing and helping them reconcile then yes. from that life. And in doing that, it. It's amazing the threads and the themes that are in this life that go with that. And normally, my understanding, this is my understanding, we bring certain past lives forward with us to resolve within a life. So in this life now, I think we've brought through a lot of them (laughs) because there's a lot of cleaning house that we're being asked to try and do and to do. So there's there's just a lot of that that going on to um, be addressed. So that's why I think past life therapy has is so powerful and so useful because I think a lot of folks have brought a lot of things forward. Uh, I feel like uh, we've been reflecting a lot in some of our discussions about how impactful the last year has been in the sense that it's been a little bit, you know, the forced isolation that's happened because of the pandemic has put people in a space where they're really having to sit with some things 
that they would not normally sit with. Like I know for myself that I would use um, going out and being in the world and being social and playing music and all of these things to kind of move away from this stuff that was starting to come up. And in the absence of being able to do that, um, I found, and I think a lot of people around me have found this quote unquote kind of awakening experience of maybe being more in touch with some of these things that have been carried over from other lives or maybe being able to more readily recognize some of the the themes and the things to work on. And, and I love how what you're describing is almost the shifting perspective of being able to see these struggles in a way that gives them new meaning to say, oh, this is a lesson. This isn't just something that I'm stumbling through. This is something that I've in some way or another maybe chosen to experience so that I can grow in that that aspect of myself or or on my soul's journey. I think that what we really struggle with as humans is that there's purposefulness in much of our experience because we don't experience as a purposeful. We think it's meaningless and we'd like it to disappear as, as soon as possible. I think the truth of it is a lot of it is purposeful and it's part of our growing and learning and coming back to who we are. And as you've talked about, this time of COVID has been many things, and we, I think we haven't discovered all the things it has been, frankly. However, I think that it has also been an incredible opportunity to awaken more. Because as you said, you've not been, we've not had the ability to distract ourselves that we had um, prior to the last 13 or 14 months. And so um, those who have chosen to have allowed that then to become a way to become more awakened and more conscious. And that's part of what spirit certainly hoped for was that we would become more conscious. And in being so, we can shed more. We can shed more of our, our shadow and more of our pieces, our emotional baggage, our emotional issues, issues because the more we do that, the more we're able to be the being that we came here to be, which is a human with a connection to our soul and to our higher self in a conscious way. And so I think it's really, I agree, it's really contributed to that. And I have seen that with the clientele that I've worked with over the last 14 months, because I have the fortune of having a lot of continuity with folks and seeing them over that time and watching them make some pretty interesting shifts that it's like, wow, where are you pulling that out from? And they are, because they're pulling it from their, they're pulling it from their, who they really are from, they're pulling it from their inner self. And it's delightful to see. And as we know, as you go through it and going through all those pieces that are so difficult, it's, it's hard, it's painful. And at times unnerving. Because we don't, in that, in, in, when we're in the midst of it, we don't have any context and we worry it's a permanent condition, that it's not transitory. So we get kind of rattled. And of course, I'm speaking of others, you know, I'm only my clients. I, I, I know nothing of this. <laughs> yes, you've never experienced such a thing, I'm sure. <laughs> no, never get rattled. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could just... Walk us through, if Tim wanted to come to you for an experience, the inner life journey, what would he expect? How would that look? Like, can you kind of like start the beginning of first we do this and then this and sort of walk us through mm -hmm. what that might look like? Sure. Okay. So Tim would contact me. Mm -hmm. um, these days, it's probably going to be email, maybe text, maybe phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
in that order. That's just how it is these days. Yeah, nobody and, talks on the phone anymore. No. So um, I'd get a contact and saying, hey, I've read your website. I heard about you, whatever. And I'm interested in doing this. And I'd, I would respond right away and tell them that I'm, thank you for, you know, sending me a note. I would love to chat with you and talk about what you're looking for and see how we match up. Mm-hmm. I want them to have the free, clear free will choice about that. And then Tim, because he's already, he's already almost made his decision already, because he's contacted me in a very forthright way. I would encourage, it doesn't always happen, but I do encourage having a phone contact. And sometimes it's Zoom these days, but at least a phone contact. Because I want to talk to Tim about what he's, how he formulates in his own mind what he's seeking. It isn't that I don't think I probably have something to offer, but I need to begin to see how, Tim, how you frame what you're looking for. Because everybody frames their connection to spirit and how they're pursuing things with spirit nuanced. It's different for everybody. We always presume it's the same as us for the next person. And my answer is, oh, probably not. Um, So I want to get that nuance. And it's also a time that I can do two more things. One is to ask about connection with spirit and see where, where, where Tim's at with his conscious connection with spirit. Does he meditate and they come in then, or he kind of has a sense. It ranges all the way from, I don't even know who my guides are. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And then I just go through on the phone and just explain to him what I'm going to do in that session, which is we're going to start with me doing a very traditional uh, hypnotherapy induction using guided imagery. I only use guided imagery because it's very self-explanatory, very, very apparent. And it's one that Tim would be able to replicate on his own. So at the end of a session, I always ask, what of the steps we use today to you to get to your sacred space? What of those do you need to get there on your own? So I'm always threading that through going back. So I do the guided imagery and where I'm taking the person is to a personal sacred space. It's a space that's sacred, it's safe, protected, and full of wisdom. Those are the suggestions. I, and I tell them not to worry about it. It will just come to you. And then I take them to that space. With their agreement, we go ahead and invite the spiritual guides to come in and join them there. And then if there's a nice interaction, because if the person, if Tim has not had much interaction with his guides, he's going to need time just to interface with them because it's a remembering People think it's a meeting. It isn't really. It's a remembering because you know them. You know them deep down. And so it's, you start to begin to feel that familiarity. And then we see what your guides would then, how they would like to proceed within the session. And then how that unfolds, as I shared, can be very varied by everybody. I always try and close it out with um, understanding what they've been given. What, what, are they, what is their homework that they're beginning to be doing? And I will sometimes have a sense intuitively. And again, I always ask, how, what, uh, what of what we did today, how can you get back here? Because I want, and I'm going to keep, I'm asking them while they're still in altered state. And I'm going to ask it again when they're fully awake and we're ta- chatting. And how I'm do you not. bring them back from this altered state that you've helped them move to? You know, it's just a revert. It's just accounting, accounting again, saying, I basically say, I'm going to, I take you first. I take them to a gate at the edge of the sacred space. It's mm-hmm. a gate to the here and now. Go ahead, open the gate, come through, go 
close the gate behind you, step into the here and now. So I'm giving suggestions to return, bring themselves back into their body. And then I say, I'm going to count slowly to five. At the count of five, you're going to return here, eyes open and feeling refreshed, relaxed and remembering everything. So those are the suggestions. And then I just count loudly as opposed to before to five. And people will open their eyes, usually pretty quickly. Then they have to, I mean, because when you've been off in a space like that and you open your eyes and you're suddenly here, <laughs> it's a jolt. And you just have to appreciate that and know that it's going to take them some time to truly fully return. Mm -hmm. And I, I always, you know, I, I've been doing it long enough. I have a sense of somebody who's gone really, really deep and is really not back yet. So we'll take some time. And I have a wonderful open space just down the street from my house. And I send them off to the open space. <laughs> I say, mm -hmm. you want to go walk in that open space for a little while and just enjoy it. And then see if you're ready to get in your car and actually drive off. Now, I do things also virtually. So virtually, you don't have, it's, it's a slightly different how you're going to handle that. But again, you want to make sure people are on their way back. Sounds like a wonderful experience. I know we're coming up on time here, yeah. so I, I was just going to ask, um, where could someone find you as far as your, your website or what would be a, a good way to learn more about what you do? Simple is, 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 I think, to work through my website, which is douglaspratt.com. Okay. And because uh, I have my, my contact uh, cell number is in there and a describer of the inner life spiritual journey as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your wisdom and guidance. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.